We'll start off by saying you're tuned into 91.3 WVKR. The show is Local Motion, airs live each and every Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m. Please consider subscribing to the Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR YouTube channel, as well as giving it a follow on Facebook. And now let's get today's guest on the show. Bill, are you there? I sure am, Rita. Hi, everybody. Hey, man, so good to see you and hear, well, not see you, but it's good to hear your voice. And um, I really do look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. So what I would like to do, if I may, I'd like to do a brief introduction to the listeners here and start off by saying, considered by many to be one of the finest American piano, rock, and blues musicians, Bill Payne has worked with countless artists. He is best known as co-founder of the legendary band Little Feet. He's worked and recorded with J.J. Kale, Jimmy Buffett, Doobie Brothers, Emmy Lou Harris, Pink Floyd, Jackson Brown, Carly Simon, Bonnie Raitt, just to name a few. Little Feet is currently touring in support of the 45th anniversary of their iconic album, Waiting for Columbus, and will be in the Hudson Valley at Ulster Performing Arts Center in Kingston on September 23rd. They'll also be at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York on September 20. And I'll be offering one lucky listener a pair of tickets to see Little Little Feet in Kingston on the 23rd after our conversation. And with that, a warm welcome to Local Motion, Mr. Bill Payne. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for the lovely introduction. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. And it comes with a hug, too, a virtual hug, like, over the phone and all of that. So that's cool. I think when I met you in person, it was with um, at the Falcon when you were there with Larry and Teresa. And um, yeah. I did an interview we recorded up in the green room up there. And uh, and that was like my first, you know, meeting you in person kind of stuff. And um, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a lot of fun and uh, yeah, good stuff. So let's start with, with um, this is your life, Bill Payne. Let's back it up a little bit. Um, you You grew up in Waco, Texas and then moved to California. Is that correct? Well, I was born in Waco, and uh, at age two, uh, I, you know, we all moved to California to Ventura, and uh, so I guess I was walking by that time, but other than that, Mama Dad, I, I wasn't really, <laughs> I hadn't really grown up anywhere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What's the section always in section, or so they say, so here you are, yeah, 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 yeah. And talk about the start of music in your world. Is it true that your dad gave you a baritone ukulele? It is not. Uh, the I combined in my more mischievous mood uh, a, a another bio with a guy named Bill E. Payne. Aha. Uh-huh. And he, he had grown up playing. Ukulele. He was an accordion player in various, uh, um, you know, groups of that that nature. So um, that is not the Bill Payne I'm talking to. The one I'm talking to today is the one that started playing piano because your mom was teaching you how, or you were sitting on her knee. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I'm, I'm that guy, and the little girl across the street who is Marilyn Newell. This is in Ventura, California. She was playing piano, and, and at around age five, you know, kids, hey, if she can do it, I should do it. <laughs> kind of scene. So uh, <laughs> that's how I began. I had two, a, a teacher named Ruth Newman, who was like a second mother to me. Mm-hmm. 
I took uh, piano lessons from age five to age fifteen. Wow! And uh, was that classical, Bill, or what? What was that? It was classical. It was piano. It was uh, uh, the Romantic era. So it would have been Beethoven, uh, Brahms, uh, Haydn. Uh, there was some Bach in there, which is not the Romantic era, but. Uh, I learned a little bit of everything on the classical side of things. Mm-hmm. And she also, at, a ba- at about age 10, maybe 11, uh, I started playing pipe organ. And, nice. um Wow. was rented out to every church in town to, to play uh, either piano or if they had an organ, I'd do that. So um, that's kind of where I, I started everything was, was from that. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Great. Are you? Do you believe like if you're trained classically on an instrument, after that you can kind of almost play any genre? No, I, I hate to keep saying no, but I the <laughs> reason I feel that way <laughs> is uh, um, there's a guy named Ralph Grierson. I I don't know. If, I th- I hope Ralph is still with us. He's one of the premier pianists in the world, and there's Fantasia Two, which came out. He was one of the moderators on, on that movie that they spoke to. Ralph can play anything. He sat me down once at a, a session I was doing for a movie. I was having a tough time reading the chart. And he said, you know, don't worry about these charts. I can read anything they throw at me. I go, I know I've heard your piano Gershwin rolls. I know you played on Bartok's uh, piano percussion scores and all this. He says, yeah, that's right, but I can't do what you do, which is sit down at a piano and start playing as if it were written for you, but I know it's not, and you can just carry on that conversation as long or as short as you want. I don't know how the hell you do it. And I said, well, coming from you, I, I, I was like flabbergasted, to be honest with you. So the classical part of it has helped me along the lines of, of fingering being able to play in every key, etc. But uh, the music in and of itself doesn't approach what, what it takes to play uh, Professor Longhair mm-hmm. or some of the parts on A Little Richard or, um, you know, just anything. So but right. it, it, what, it, what it mainly does uh, for everyone listening out there is it informs my vocabulary mm-hmm. above all. Mm-hmm. I've got a pretty good vocabulary when it comes to music. And I'm, I'm still learning because that's the way we... Uh, or most of us, I hope, are treating the language we speak or languages right. if we're lucky. Right. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it's broaden your vocabulary. That's that's what helps you communicate. What were you listening to when you were a teenager? I'm going to start off with Elvis Presley because my sister, God rest her soul, she passed away last. Uh, oh, it was December seventh of last year. Oh, oh she, so uh, sorry. Yeah, she went to mm. high school like uh, I want to say fifty seven, fifty eight. Uh, so pink poodle, pink poodle skirts, two-tone shoes, Job's daughter, <laughs> the whole nine yards. Here's a quarter so I can make out with my boyfriend in the car. Uh, <laughs> 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 <He was alone. laughs> that sister. Uh, Anne won a record, I think, uh, and it was a hound dog, Elvis Presley. I was I loved the music, but I also loved the little dog on RCA Records listening Cocking his head, listening to the gramophone that was on the uh, the forty five yeah. record. Yeah, so I started off with him, and then radio took me the rest of the way, which is why I love radio. Yeah, um, and so I'm listening to Alley Oop. You know, the, the, the Hollywood Argyles. Um, they had a comedy record on 
on John Fitzgerald Kennedy when he was president. Uh, for that brief while he was in office, and but then there was Fats Domino. There was uh, in fourth grade. I was listening to the Olympics, Big Boy Pete, which was a, a New Orleans style track, but it was something they were playing in Ventura, California. So I, I was a uh, a kid brought up on rock and roll in terms of what I was listening to. Yeah, yeah, but but training classically, but listening to the rock and roll. Hey, I guess that's pretty diversified. So that's uh, that's well. Uh, and one last point to that, my um, my teacher told my mom. She says, "I'll make sure Bill knows how to read music, but let's let's not get in the way of his uh, uh, imagination on this thing. Let's let's let him play what he wants." Mm-hmm. Magic out of it. Yep. So I, the magic for me was, was sitting down on the piano and practicing, but the real magic was playing what came off the top of my head nice. and exploring the instrument, which I still do. So, uh, uh, and I'm 73. That's awesome. So that's a lifetime of of, uh, of improv. Loving, yeah, yeah, improvisation. Right, right. That's why I put such an emphasis on vocabulary because you might want to speak in terms of Shakespeare, but if you don't know the language, you can't speak it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, very, very, very good point about that. Um, so, teenager, you're listening to all this cool stuff. You're on the piano. You're on the keyboards. You're doing this stuff. What's your first band? First band I joined was at age 15. It was called the Debonairs. And the group that I actually was auditioning for was to play drums. And they were not the Debonairs, but they... They had a piano set up in one of the... Oops, are you there? Ah, Bill, I think I lost you. Are you there? Hello? Oh, no. It's live radio, everybody. Let's uh, see if he comes back. There you are. Hello, Bill, you're there again. Yes, I'm here again. Okay, so we're talking about the debonairs. Debonairs. Um... I auditioned for what turned out to be the Debonairs to play drums. And the the band looked at me when I played the piano that was standing over in the corner. They go, you play the piano? And I go, yeah. Forget this group. We have a group called the Debonairs. You're going to play keyboards for us. And uh, we're going to restart the Debonairs. So that was a group in Santa Maria, California. And from there, I did pretty much what I do to this day, which is I'm in a central band, in this case, Little feet, but I play with a lot of other people too. So that's uh, yeah, you sh- you most certainly do. I love um, the website littlefeet.net, the start of Little Feet and how it began in 1969. When I love it that Frank Zappa was smart enough to fire Lowell George from the Mothers of Invention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, hey. yeah he let he let uh, Lowell go. Because of the song Willing. Really? Yes. I don't think he liked the drug drug references and weed, whites, and wine. Right. Um, so, <laughs> Which is my next song so, after you and I are done. But anyway, go ahead. Well, Lowell's talent uh, was really the, the thing that I think Frank was really pushing for was, let's get Lowell out there on his own, or with a band in this case, and let's see what he can do. Uh, it's been erroneously reported that I auditioned for the mothers and didn't pass and went into a little instead. It, it, 
I never did audition for Frank's band. I, I did want to meet him. Mm-hmm. But he was over in Europe uh, when I first got in touch with his his labels, Bizarre Records, which is really a subsidiary of, uh, excuse me, Warner Brothers. Oh. Um, by the time I met Frank, I had already figured I was going to be in a band with Lowell. And I don't think I would have passed an audition, to be honest, had I gone through a formal audition with Frank. That music's just so complicated. Yeah. Uh, I still didn't read that well, and, uh, but I, I could read. But I was very happy where I landed, which was with Lowell George. Uh, really, shortly thereafter, Richie Hayward yeah. uh, came from a group called the Fraternity of Man. Wow. Wow. Um, and you guys all like you guys all were in California at the time, right? In 1969, when Feet started. Yes, mm-hmm. I had, I was coming down from uh, Isla Vista in Santa Maria. Isla Vista was where the University of uh, Calif- Santa Barbara, California, was or is. And um, I really didn't want to be in L.A., but uh, what got me down there was Frank and there's an album called Uncle Meat. I just love that album. And I, um, was, but one of the secretaries at Warner's asked to check out Lowell George because Frank was over in Europe. So, oh man, that's how that's how a lot of that came down. And then, yeah, and then, um, yeah, and the the and of course the name most people feet fans for sure know how the name came up. But in case someone isn't familiar, how Little Feet got its name? Tell us how they did, how you did. Jimmy Carl Black was the, um, gosh, I can't say it any other way, because this is, so forgive me for the political incorrectness. He was the Indian of the group, mm-hmm. and the group was the Brothers of Invention. He was hanging out with Lowell. Lowell had on these hirachis, these sandals, and uh, he looked at Lowell's feet, which were as wide as they were long, <laughs> and kind of like hobbit feet. And he goes, God, Lowell, you got these little bleeping feet there. And so Lowell took that and turned the F-E-E-T into an F-E-A-T. And uh, years later, a year later, that's when we put the the name to the group. We didn't start off as Little Feet. Uh, What did you start off as? Well, we had Lyle Gleep. Uh, I don't know. We might have had a couple of names floating around. And and even, even when we finally hit Little Feet, there was a group called Bigfoot that was on Warner Brothers. Uh-huh. And we were concerned about that. But I said, well, I'm sure they're a great band and a good bunch of people, but I think we're going to last and they're not. Right. Right. So that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, 50-something years later, here you are. So, yeah. And, yeah. and your first album was made how long after, like, you guys got together? It took about a year mm-hmm. uh, to before Lowell, before uh, Roy Estrada uh, settled in with us as bass player. Uh, we got a deal at Warner Brothers about uh, eight or nine months after we started, and we started recording. Wow! And that was and that was the record, Little Feet. So yeah, it took it took a while. It took nine months, two years. So it was a yeah, by Doctor Burst, I guess. By some, by some um, others, that's that's a very short time. So I guess it all depends on how you look at it. And then, of course, your first album that was where Willing was on, right? Easy to slip, trouble, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, 
the wrist. The first album had Willen on it. Yeah. And it sounds like a caricature of a truck driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you listen to the next album, which is Salem Shoes, and you hear that rendition of Willen, Lowell's voice is it's just perfect for the song, as was Easy to Slip. Right. Um, there's a piano part in it, which there wasn't on the very first album for, for uh, Willen. It was more of a country song than, as I said, a caricature of a truck driver singing about truck driving and weed watching wine. I think that's what put the, uh, uh, is what put that song on the map. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, um, and then, of course, I mean, you guys toured all over the place as well. You started to get these amazing albums and these great deals um, with all these tours that you guys did too, which were um, pretty amazing. I want to also just say that um, in what year Dixie came out? 73, right? Yeah, we recorded it in 72, and it probably came out in 73. 73, yeah, yeah, another one. I mean, just, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was one hit after the other, one thing after the other with you guys, that's for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think I saw... I think I saw you guys in the 80s at some point, and then again, opening up for the Grateful Dead back in the early 90s or something. And um, you guys had also obviously taken a little break and then come back together. Um, and waiting for Columbus, the tours that you're now doing is the 45th anniversary of that. Um, how is that, playing that album? You're, co- you're playing it cover to cover now, right? Like when you're on tour? We are. We're uh, excuse me. We're not replicating the songs so much as we are the the order that they were on that first record, not the expanded version, but the, the original "Waiting for Columbus." Right. But we have two new, two new members: uh, Scott Gerard on vocals and slide guitar and guitar, many varieties of guitars, and Tony Leone. <coughs> He's playing drums. He also sings yep. with us. And uh, Tony, I, I honestly, God, didn't know he sang when he joined our band. Is so. that right? Wow, that's a nice little added yeah. bonus. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tony's a powerhouse here from the area, too, the Hudson Valley, of course, with Levon and Ola Bell and Chris Robinson and all right. of that. And then Scott, too. What's such amazing members that you guys have there. And the, any videos that I've seen of you guys touring, you just... um sounds so good sounds so good um yeah 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 no it really does um you guys have also been your fans are absolutely amazing as you well know right um and you got they like you have these jamaica camps you have all these other camps what do you guys have coming up are you doing a cruise or something by the looks of your website there's a cruise in march we've got an announcement to make uh pretty soon, I think, as to where we're going. We're not going to Jamaica for our 20th uh, this time. Um, the, way we're, the way we viewed the 20th anniversary was not the end to something. We kind of looked at, looked at it as the beginning of something. Good for you. If you're looking at it as the beginning of something, then where, where do you want to take it other than Jamaica? So that's, that's what we're, we actually have worked out, but we want to announce it in one fell swoop. Beautiful. We'll do soon, yeah. and um, 
Yeah, it's going to be exciting for, for, for all involved, i, I got to say. Oh, man, that's really good stuff. Um, you, like you said, also, I mean, Little Feet, obviously a big part of life and your career, but you've also played with the Doobie Brothers, and you've played with a whole yeah. bunch of people recording and all of that. Talk about some of the other memories, if you would, please, of some of the other bands that you've performed with, whether recording or touring. Well, I, I guess um, I toured for six years with James Taylor. Oh, really? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from 80, 81 to, or 80, yeah, I think 81 to 86, 87, something like that. And um, I was a huge, still am a huge fan of, of James Taylor's. Yeah. yeah. He's born a year to the day, uh, March 12th, he's a year older than I am. Oh, wow. Last Same day. I saw him. Yeah, I said, you're kind of like the canary in the coal mine <laughs> for me. As long as you're doing good, so am I. Oh, um, that's great. That's great. And Bonnie Raitt, too, uh, another powerhouse. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Bonnie. Uh, I was in Australia with the Doobie Brothers. We were in Melbourne, Australia. And uh, Pat Simmons and I and Chris, uh, Pat's wife, we went to hear Bonnie that night. And if she named me from the stage one time, it was 20 times. So the time we were backstage, she was still on. She mentioned me another three to five times. I said, God, that $50 went a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. Talk to me about Pink Floyd. That's kind of a different kind of a, um, I don't know, collaboration? Yeah. uh, Jeff Picaro, who who was the drummer for... Uh, God, he's played with Steely Dan, but he's he was the drummer for Toto. Yeah. Um, he says, "Hey, my friend David Gilmore wants you to play on this record." And I said, "Oh, okay, that sounds cool." And so I got the calls for I think the session was at ten in the morning. I went down there. Jeff and David were there, uh, and Bob Esmond, the producer, was there. And from the very first note to the last note of whatever I played on, I don't even remember. Ezra's goes, I want you to glisten up to the high C. Now I want you to play a D chord. Boy, said D, F, sharp, A. I mean, through the whole song, I just played what he asked me to play. Wow. And so I said, well, if that's what he wants, I'll just do that. Because Gilmore could have spoken up. Jeff, Jeffrey might have. Neither one of them did, which is okay. Um, but I just said, well, I'll just be this guy's vessel. The funny thing, though, if, if it's funny at all, is I... <laughs> I was listening, or I actually went and, you know, with Google, you can search anything out. So I searched the album out, and then it said that I played on another, at least another album or two. Wow. On, God, I don't remember playing on those, those <laughs> records. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. Well, I used to play on a lot of albums, and it was, it really got to the point where I'm, I was doing so much work that, um some of it was with memory, but a lot of it was just overload. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, why, how could you not remember the, the band Pink Floyd? But somehow that one slipped through the cracks a little bit between Engelbert Humperdinck and uh, Paul Anka and uh, oh my gosh, you know, Rod, Stewart, Rod Stewart. Let's say, <laughs> wow, wow, amazing! What what diversity you got there? You also played with uh, Phil Lesh and friends. I did. That was a. Uh, Quite a few years ago, and, um, yeah, Steve Kimock was originally in that band. Yeah. 
And I love I love Tim Hook, my gosh. Um, so, but he decided at one point to drop out. Robin Ford came in. Uh, John Molo was still playing. Paul Brer and I were playing on that tour. And uh, you know, I learned, I relearned, I should say, a lot about jamming and and making signals on stage that Phil is quite adept at mm-hmm. to to let people know when to to pedal. You know, kind of swim like your dog paddling at the deep end of a swimming pool <laughs> and then when it's time to start swimming towards the either the other other side of the pool or or a little further you know where, where the heck you're going yeah and phil so, phil has that mastered i think for sure i think he does too and he's uh, he's an amazing guy and uh, uh not as a result of that tour or anything uh, but i wound up writing 20 songs with robert hunter did you really? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, four of which people have heard on the album with Little Feet uh, called Rooster Rag. And the other 16, no one's ever heard. So, What are you going to do with them? Uh, I'd like to, to cherry pick a couple and put them on the next Little Feet album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, been, I've been writing also with uh, Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke. Wow. I hope to, I hope to write a tune or two with, with Scott Gerard. I'm writing something with Tony Leone, maybe a couple. Wow. Uh, Paul Muldoon, who's a Pulitzer Prize-winning poet. Uh, Muldoon teaches at Princeton. He's all the top chair at Oxford. Uh, look his poetry up. We've got nine songs. Wow. So we're not going to record everything that I've written with these guys or just be a Bill Payne record for the next two or three albums. But right. uh, it is a band, and which I'm a part of, and it's going to be a very strong album given... The fact that I'm I'm bringing in what I've got, I know what Fred Tackett is capable of, uh, and we'll we'll see how everything else fits. Sam Clayton's going to be somebody without spilling the beans. There, keep an eye on Sam Clayton. Going to next year, so. going to. Going yeah. to. Yeah. I've got a couple of interesting things to to involve him in, which I think everybody will love. When did you start writing? Because I mean, I know you're a poet. You're 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 a lot of things. You're a pho- photographer and everything. When did composition start for you? Musical composition started when I joined Little Feet. Mm-hmm. We were Lowell and I were writing kind of whacked out songs like. Uh, more of a sexual orientation. Ten Thousand Whips was one of the songs. <laughs> but it was sexual slash the, the mother's invention. Uh-huh. Uh, Dance with the New Bio Virgin Slaves. Uh, which we played for Ahmed Erdogan, who was a producer for Ray Charles. Yeah. And Ahmed goes, boys, it's too diverse. It's <laughs> 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 a kind way of saying, go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Went back to the drawing board, we started writing Truck Stop Girl, uh, Brides of Jesus, Gunboat Willie, I mean, uh, a lot of songs that appeared on that very first Little Feet record. Right. Strawberry Flats was another one. Wow. Um, but the song Truck Stop Girl, which I think is off that record, it's, maybe it's on sale, I can't remember now, but, but it really was one of the first songs we wrote. And it was a song that the Birds recorded, which I took great pride in the fact that they did that. I was, I was yeah. Yeah. In brief, so that was, that was a cool feather, but yeah, I, I mean, I wrote a couple things, but nothing that I would could point to and say with any pride or a purpose. <laughs> right, right. But that's uh, when it started it, it, for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I understand that um, it's your son that got you into photography. Yes. He was taking, I get a, a, 
solo project called Cielo Norte, which means North Sky in Spanish. And my son had a, I think it was a three to five pixel camera. I said, hey, Emily, can I try that? So I pressed the shutter on it. It was like getting middle C as a child. (laughs) 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 It just, I went, oh, no. It just captured me hook, line, and sinker. And so uh, I didn't become a photographer on the spot. In fact, some people, this one guy goes, yeah, so you're a dilettante at photography. I said, well, take a look at what I've done. He goes, oh, you actually are a photographer. Yeah. I said, well, you know, I mean, you got to start someplace, but I take it seriously, and I have a pretty good eye. So You really do. I mean, if people want to really check out your photography work, you have your own website, BillPayneCreative.com, and you can see some of your work there, and it's really quite impressive and remarkable. So um, bravo to you well, doing that. Do you like, I know some musicians that also do photography, like when you're on the road, do you take pictures on the road too? I, I used to. Um, I occasionally do. Not as much as I used to. Uh, the, there's a different... Um, I've got a different set of things that I need to kind of keep up on top of is, is uh, once again, in the leadership role with Little Feet. Mm-hmm. I've got some, some mighty help from Scott Gerard on that, by the way, who's who's a good co-pilot, as is Tony Leone. Yep, yep. Um, you got two of the best the right there. Really yeah, they're, they're wonderful, and uh, but uh, a lot of things fall into my lap. So I, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a writer as well. You can check out some of my writing. Yes, it's not all about music, by the way. So, yeah. um, but there's a pretty good article uh, essay I call them on Missy Haywood that is worth definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. And that's on your um, your, your Bill Payne Creative website. Yeah. Yeah. Bill- Creative.com. Yeah. There's photography, writing, etc. So uh, it's a pretty good way to catch up on who who I am and what I do. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much depth to you um, that it's hard to just convey in, you know, a 40-minute conversation or something. But I suggest people just you know, yeah, you're known for Little Feet, of course, and it's great and it's awesome, and I can't wait to see them. But there's like your, you know, your poetry is 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 exquisite. Your photography, there's so much to you. And and when I saw your work online, it was like, wow, this is pretty incredible. Incredible. I would like to read something, if I may, from your website. And I'm going to quote sure. you, if I may. It says, "My foundation quote, Bill Payne." My foundation as an artist is the belief in the nobleness of the arts and our effort as artists, writers, teachers, conveyors of thought is to be mindful of the challenge and the importance of what we do. The essence of our efforts, I believe, is to illuminate the path of a measured truth and to reflect and mirror that truth through the veil of our craft, taking aim at ourselves our society, our world, with utmost respect to the awe and mystery of life, and with the essential focus on what is, what was, and perhaps most importantly, what might be, unquote. I, I just thought that was lovely, so I wanted to share that with the listeners and with you and tell you that that was really lovely. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, you know, what, what we do as artists, is uh, to simplify it quite a bit would be we're sharing what we have to say and what we have to say is what we 
we uh, stumble upon, which is just across the back of the head or straight in the, straight in the noggin in the front, <laughs> <laughs> captures our attention <clears throat> or re-centers us, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the business of a measure of truth, um, we're, we're sitting in an age where a measured truth of anything is is now in, in severe question, right? Right. But it doesn't have to be. We all have an equilibrium. We have a, uh, a focal point within our systems that, that keep us on track as to what is right and wrong. And you can only BS yourself up to a point. And at some, some juncture, you've got to hear that voice in the back of your head <clears throat> that says, this is leading me in the right direction. This is nonsense. This is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's also what we share, right? And uh, I think those those uh, those qualities are they're not assigned to artists; they're assigned to human beings. Right. And uh, history is proof of the shards of glass, blood, and and, and uh, treasure we we crawl through. Um, but we we need to to keep the the, the higher emphasis on what helps us right. as human beings. What would we want our children, our grandchildren, to walk away from a table on? Is it like <clears throat> doubting every institution that's been put in front of them as nonsense? Not if you live in a community. Mm-hmm. I say this to you because of the radio station you work with, Rita, mm-hmm. and the importance of community radio. Absolutely. It's there for something that binds us. Yep. It does not tear us apart. Right. It's there to help us. It's there for us to to be inclusive with. This is our. It's part of our voice. It's not all of our voice, but it's a part of our voice. That's what community is. And community slash family slash you know whatever it is we do in life, we all have a purpose. Yeah, most most definitely. Yeah, thank you for those words. I uh, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah. Um, so you got a couple of weeks off. You're going to be hitting the road again strong in a few weeks with little feet. Um, you also are being joined. I don't know if every show, but you'll tell me with the Midnight Ramble Horns. We have uh, what do we have? We have three three more shows with the with the with the horns. Yeah. Uh, we're just you know we're going to reluctantly have to let them. Uh, go, uh, those being Kingston with us, of course. There would be a, so the, 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 uh, it's called the UPAC, right? Is yes, yep. Ulster Performing Arts Center. Kings- yep, in Kingston. In Kingston. Yep. Kingston, love this place. And they will be with us in uh, Portsmouth, which is the Capitol Theater. Yes, yeah. And by the uh, way, since we're talking about it, I just want to tell listeners that Little Feet will be at the Capitol Theater in Portchester on September 20 and at UPAC in Kingston on September 23rd. I am going to be giving away a pair of tickets to UPAC shortly. Just please don't call yet. I'll let you know when this after this conversation is done. Um, so, yeah, so you're going to be hitting the road again soon. Um, I encourage listeners, obviously, those he- diehard Feet fans are just like deadheads, you know, littlefeet.net. Uh, they are, you know, you've got the archivists, you've got, you've got them all going on, which is so cool, so cool. And you're probably, you must see like a lot of the same people at a lot of the shows, right? They just follow you. 
But we do, and, and we also, which we're great, we, uh, grateful, <laughs> we're grateful, Dad. we're grateful living, too. Yeah. We are, um, we're also being joined by, uh, once again, the cadre of, of younger people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so that's, that's been amazing to, to watch, and, uh, um, you know, it's, it speaks volumes about Little feet and, and how 52, 54 years into this thing, we can look at what this band is and uh, we can reflect on the fact that it's it really is a, it's more about the music or everybody's much about the music as it is who's been in the band. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, uh, the music is a platform that carried us through and Lowell was with us. He carried us through with Richie Hayward with Paul Dreher, yeah, um, with Craig Fuller with Sean Murphy. Um, Richie and Paul are gone, of course, but we are mindful of that legacy. Yeah, with with that triumphant of, of of players and, and, and people, and uh, I think we're doing it justice with this new band. Um, it's tough to fool yourself when you're up there, sure, playing music, and if there's if an audience. Um, if they're not going to be there, they've got a way of showing it, which is they don't show up. Right. Um, there's, they get, they, you know, you can't do anything anymore with, without people knowing what you're doing. Yeah. So we're hitting on all cylinders right now. The horn section, we love those guys. And I got to say just very briefly that, <clears throat> um, Eric Lawrence, Steve Bernstein and, and, uh, Jay Collins. Collins. Yeah. Those guys are flat out amazing. Yep. When we told him, look, we, we we can't literally afford to bring you on the rest of this particular tour. We're going to keep you for these dates. I know a few people might have kind of said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we understand. You got him on stage and played, like, in a flat, you know, like they, they wouldn't have delivered. Mm-hmm. These guys stepped it up. Mm-hmm. They know that, that we're... They're going to play with us on, on every show that we can bring them in on. Right. And right. they are, they're like me. I mean, yeah, I play with other people. <clears throat> I don't have to be in a band to, to have a band attitude. Right. That's what I do. Right. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So no. we love those guys. I just adore them. I, I do too. I know each, I know all three of them. They've all been on my show. I'm huge fans of them. And as a matter of fact, um, I think Jay Collins is at the show I'm going to see this weekend. So, um, you know, Toombs Dixon's uh, at Colony and Woodstock and just the best. And they just amp up everything that they're a part of. Of course, the Midnight Ramble horns, you know, so from, Ooh, from yeah. Levon's and all of that too. So, and I know that um, you have a great relationship with Larry Campbell and um yeah yeah he's a sweetheart let's see larry campbell on the 13th at uh the americana music awards oh nice nice yeah nice nice so, nice uh, i don't know how much of that's public knowledge but it's uh, i'm gonna go back there and sneak in for a song at least <laughs> perfect perfect well I'll be yeah larry they agree that I were really, really close. I just I love those guys. Yeah. And I got you know with with, with uh, that that whole entourage with, with Justin Gwip, uh, uh, gosh, Connor Kennedy. I mean, just you know uh, the Falcon with, with Lee Falco. And, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's, I may as well live there as not. I mean, I, I, I 
it's a part of my DNA is which I didn't realize until oh. rather late in life. Eric has, but I'm associated with that era, yeah. area, yeah. and with the people that live there. And I feel completely at home every time I there. There, and I was, I was just there before we had the start of a five week tour. I was recording with a, an Australian artist, and uh, I went down to Nashville to record with another. Uh, Australian recording artist named uh, Tommy Manuel. Um, I, I've, I always have a tough time with names, so forgive me on that. Oh, yeah, but no big deal. Yeah. Jeff, no Jeff Grip was the engineer. Uh, played drums. Larry Campbell was producing. Ah. Uh, we just we had an absolute blast while we were back there. Well, so. you are welcome to the Hudson Valley anytime. That's where we broadcast from. This Thank is you. home. And, um, you know, I mean, those shows at the Falcon, I will never forget them um, that you did with Larry, Teresa, and that Entourage Connor in there, too. And, I mean, geez, man, do that again sometime. We Really, I'm serious. I hope you and Larry, I know you're all so busy and you've got crazy schedules, boy, but if you could sneak something in, there'd be a few of us that'd be forever grateful. Maybe do like a two- or three-night residency. Just food for thought, Bill. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea, and, and uh, one that I know that Larry would embrace as would I, and, and Justin. Yeah. Whatever, so it's, uh, yeah, I am sure you know yeah. Lee, Lee is carrying on the torch at the Falcon, you know, and um, Lee Falco, right? right. right? And, yep. um, yeah, so, yeah, things are going. Oh, his dad, man, I, he's got a special place in my heart forever. Nobody like him. No. Nobody likes him. No. Exactly. No. Or a heart of gold, that man. Absolutely. Um, every show that I do, I have a. Tony had a, um, a playlist, and every show that I host, I play a track of his playlist. And um, it just. It's my little way of honoring him. So, yeah. 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 Well, I tell you what, if anybody deserves it, it was, it's him. And, and uh, he just understood music, and he understood the. The, the mechanics of of what it takes to play music right. and that's offered a, a perfect venue for, for people of all variety of musicianship yes. No, I already, I told my daughter, you know, that's where my funeral's going to be. There's no place like it on the planet, and um, we could do a whole show just on the Falcon, because it is extraordinary, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do hope that um, you know maybe sometime you'll be back and you do something special there, and I know you'd be welcomed. And uh, and Bill, it's just a pleasure. I I I um I I cannot wait to see feet at UPAC. I I just can't. And um, uh, it's gonna be it's like home, you know. And half the band, you know, a lot of the band is. So, you know, from our area. So um, expect that place, yeah. that house to be crazy that night. Just giving you a heads up. Oh, listen, this is, uh, we're ready. Yeah, we're, I know. We're ready to have a party. All right, good, good. Well, get a little more rest and then come on out because we are ready for Little Feet. We're ready for you, Bill Payne. I cannot thank you enough for your time here today. It's the most precious gift we give each other. So thank you for your time here today. And um, and I'll see you in Kingston and safe travels along the road. And, and just remember to keep having fun, which I think you are. And um, you're just fantastic. So thank you for the gift of, of what you've given 
woven the world of music throughout all these decades and continue to do so. I encourage people to look at your website, BillPayneCreative.com. Of course, LittleFeet.net. You're going to be out on tour all over the country. Check out where they're going to be. Tickets available now. And, um, and Bill, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Take right. care. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Ah, that was fun. Ninety-one-three WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Bill Payne of Little Feet, the guest today. If you missed part of that interview, or you're just coming in on the end of it and want to hear the whole entire interview, it will be uploaded tonight on the Local Motion on ninety-one-three WVKR YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that, as well as giving a like and a follow to the Facebook page by the same name. Now we're going to give away a pair of tickets to one very lucky listener. Here's the rules. You need to be able to go to the show. Please don't call just because you want to win a pair of tickets. You need to be able to go. The show is at Ulster Performing Arts Center, also known as UPAC in Kingston. And it's on Friday, September 23rd. You'll have to present ID. And um, yeah, and we're going to have a lucky winner calling us up right now at 845-437-7178. One lucky ticket winner, 845-437-7178. We are going to play a track of Little Feet. This is coming off there. The phones are going crazy. Um, We are going to be playing a track from Little Feet's Waiting for Columbus special deluxe anniversary edition right now. Let's you'll know this song if you're a Feet fan. Let's take a listen to Will in here on 913 WVKR Independent Radio Poughkeepsie.
Right by the sleet had my head stowed in But I'm still on my feet And I'm still In a whole lot of trouble Smuggle some smokes and folks from Mexico Make by the sun Every time I go to Mexico And I'm still WVKR Little Feet Willin off the 45th anniversary deluxe edition of Waiting for Columbus. Today's guest, Mr. Bill Payne. And um, and congratulations to Susan from Saugerties for being the lucky ticket winner. The phones really were um, lighting up. So tickets are available. You can still purchase them to see Little Feet at UPAC in Kingston. You can go to uh, bardavon.org to get tickets to see them. And it's at UPAC in Kingston. Um, James Maddock is actually opening up that show. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I think what I'll do is I'll do one more Little Feet song, and then we'll start off the five o'clock hour with a dedication to Tony Falco. Let's keep it going here with Little Feet, Spanish Moon, 91.3.
913 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. We're broadcasting live from the beautiful campus at Vassar College, right in Poughkeepsie. 5.02 p.m. It's Wednesday. I'm your host, Rita Ryan, here each and every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m., bringing you Local Motion, a show focused all about all about music in the Hudson Valley. So we interview musicians that live here, those that come to perform here, and those coming to record in our world-class area recording studios. Thank you to Bill Payne of Little Feet for being today's guest. That was a lot of fun. And congratulations again to Susan from Saugerties for being the winner of the tickets to go see Little Feet at Ulster Performing Arts Center in Kingston on September 23rd. So tickets still available. And Little Feet will also be playing at um, Portchester Capitol Theater on September 20th. That's a Tuesday night. So depending on where you are in the listening area, Portchester, September 20, Kingston, September 23rd, Little Feet is the band. And they will be joined both shows by the Midnight Ramble Horns. So you're going to have some fun. That's a lot of fun. And Susan's going to have some fun because she won those tickets. It uh, We got another hour here of local music, and every show that I host where I don't have a guest on during that hour, I start off by paying tribute to Tony Falco. He passed away October 28th of 2021 and left us with many things, and one of the things he left us with was a playlist, and I've been going through that playlist every week and picking a track. It's pretty much in order of how I see the playlist, and this week... um is Roger Daltrey. Let's take a listen and let's send some thoughts and love to Tony Falco watching over us. 91.3 WVKR. my juice, so I picked up my shoes, I got up and walked away, oh I was just a boy, I didn't know how to play, worked hard and failed, now all I can say is I threw it all away, oh I was just a boy, giving it all away. Sail away, sail away Just a boy Giving it all away 
WVKR. If you like what you heard there by Chris O'Leary, you can go see him live tonight at the Falcon in Marlboro. Chris O'Leary has a CD release show happening there tonight. believe the show starts around 7, 7.30. You don't have to buy a ticket. You just give him a call or make a reservation online at liveatthefalcon.com. Chris O'Leary, blues guy, will be there tonight. We just heard the track called What the Devil Made Me Do off the release Seven Minutes Late, which came out in 2018 on American Showplace Music. And like I said, he does have a new CD out. Chris O'LearyBand.net is the website and live tonight at the Falcon. Go check them out. We started the hour off with a track from Tony Falco's playlist, Tony passed away on October 28th of 2021, and every week here we feature a track from Tony's playlist, and this week we heard Roger Daltrey giving it all away. Lyricist on that was Leo Sayer, and that was the single from his debut album released in April of 1973, Daltrey, giving it all away. And thank you, Tony, for choosing such a beautiful song. I always loved it love Tony's taste of music. It's all over at the place. And if you go to his Spotify playlist, you'll see what I'm talking about. And let's see, we've got another icon here in the Hudson Valley who will be performing at the Woodstock Playhouse this month. Uh, let's take a listen. This or this was uh, an amazing um, conversation I had with Jack DeJeanette here on the show. Uh, I don't know, last year sometime um, like I said, all of the interviews are archived and uploaded on the local motion on 91.3 WVKR YouTube channel. Please subscribe. You can keep up with everything that's going on. And uh, yeah, Joe Jack is uploaded on there somewhere. It was pretty, um, pretty uh, amazing time being able to spend some time talking with him. And I'll tell you all about his shows coming up. Let's take a listen first. The master, the legendary Mr. Jack DeJeanette here on 91.3. Lojito y dinila Todo do 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 Y ajale caminina Nanlojía Eche, y de la, to to 
ain't got a lot of money to spend I ain't got just one good friend My cars are down and my chips cashed in Is this beginning or is this the end? Well, I was all in a feeling down Living here on the edge of town And when I get back on my feet I get back on the easy street I drive an old beat up car I only drive it to and from the bar I drink tequila and sometimes gin I don't remember just where I've been Life is hard and I'm feeling down Living here on the edge of town And when I get back on my feet I get back on the easy street A young man I played music in a rock and roll band Singing, dancing all night long and They would come just to hear our song As the years gonna pass on by I just sit here wonder why While I was all in a feeling down Living here on the edge of town And when I get back on my feet I get back on the easy street WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Brand new music. I just received it, I think, this week or very recently. The Acoustic Medicine Show, Joe Tobin. Thanks for sending this my way. We heard this new CD called Back to Easy Street. And the track, this is 15 tracks on this CD. The track one, Easy Street, is what we heard. So this was mixed and mastered at Target Studios in Red Hook, produced by Mark Moss and Joe Tobin. Lots of great musicians on here. Um, uh, the Acoustic Medicine Show. Check it out. Really nice release. And I need to listen to more of it, but I've gotten about four or five tracks in, and it's pretty cool. So hope you enjoy that. Always enjoy receiving new music here, because that's what this show is all about, music of the Hudson Valley. So congratulations to Joe Tobin and the Acoustic Medicine Show with the new release, Back to Easy Street.
We also heard music by the legendary Jack DeJanet. His album, Music for the Fifth World, we heard the track Two Guitar Chant. Jack is going to have a few shows coming up in Woodstock at the Woodstock Playhouse presented by the Bardavon. First one being on September 17th, along with Savion Glover. And again, bardavon.org or woodstockplayhouse.org. That's the first show that Jack is doing. Jack is also going to be performing on Saturday, October 29th, again at the Woodstock Playhouse. And this show being um, joined by Dave Holland and Jason Moran. So amazing shows. I'm guessing tickets are close to sold out, if not already, but check out woodstockplayhouse.org as well as bardavon.org. Some great shows with the legendary Jack DeJanet, who we're lucky to call a neighbor here in the Hudson Valley. Speaking of neighbors, this lovely performer will be performing at Levon Helm Studios in Woodstock on September 16th. Loved her voice from the minute I heard it. Let's take a listen to Dar Williams, 91.3 WVKR. I had a dream And you're the dream come true And if I had the world to give I'd give it all to you I'll take it to you 